Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, and the Fit and the Fab channel with your host, Hurricane Age. New day, new show, new topic. Uh, an interesting topic that we've tackled, you know, a few times in the past. And there's always a need to discuss this topic because it is something that is real. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's been happening. And we're going to have to eventually understand it better. With me today, I have someone that is clearly uh, someone who's doing the research in this particular topic. And Mark Nelson. He is the founder of Fellow One Research. And, you know, he's someone that's tackled with the discussion about the obesity and all the stuff that is affecting our lives and health and family members, friends. And it's something that we hear in, in the media pretty much all the time, uh, whether it's through advertising, whether it's through talk shows, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of debate in there. So, Mark, how are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being on. And and really, uh, you know, I was reading about your stuff, and I, I really, you know, I, I admire the work, and I think uh, we needed to have this discussion because I've had few, you know, guests, and we've talked about it for different angles. And obesity, you know, in the fitness world, in the health world, in the wellness world, I mean, uh, there's this misconception of how to, what is fit. What is a fit body? What is the weight that's needed? And how is it measured? And, you know, even talk, you know, to medical, you know, doctors and, and things like that. And there's different measures that they use to determine whether you're obese. Like in my case, you know, I, I am 205 weight wise. Uh, in my, the way the standard would put me, I'm obese, believe it or not. <laughs> From my height, 5'8", and the weight that I have, actually, I'm supposed to be like 170 or 175. I forgot that. So technically, that's what it is. Now, I do not feel that way, but I, you know, that's just the definition of what it is, at least for me. And it makes no sense for me, at least you know, to this day. Now, my doctor, who actually understood a little bit more, he's always said that it's all about the muscle, the weight, this, that, and there's other things that, you know, that make you or not make you. And by the way, obesity is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's a condition. And we want to clear that, you know, today for folks. And you have a story that led you to this research. You have a story from, from the beginning that I, I almost read. I think I read about, you know, some of that. So, so, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about how it all started? Who is Mark Nelson and why you did the work you do today? Yeah. So when I was eight years old, I was actually a star soccer player on a state championship team. And I began noticing when I during shirts off soccer practice when I was down at the local pool and such that my body was different than most of my peers. And I was young, so no one really gave it much thought. And I was safely within my BMI weight range. So the doctors didn't think much of it because that's all that they really cared about. And this was in the mid eighties when the, when the BMI had just become the standard. Um, and so, you know, I, I 
when I would ask them, hey, what's up with all this fat all over my body? And at the time, there was no term for skinny fat. So it was just fat or not fat. But I had fat all over my body where I should have muscle and muscle mass. Uh, yeah, because again, I was well within my safe BMI weight range. I was normal and no one gave a second thought. Uh, when I would ask the doctors, when I would ask my parents, uh, anyone, hey, what's up with all this fat all over my body where there should be muscle? I was basically just gaslighted. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. As you grow, uh, the muscle will grow. But it didn't. As I hit puberty and I was a late bloomer, uh, more fat grew. And I uh, had no muscle on my body. And no one disputes that fact. I was a scrawny, weak kid. Because again, I was so active that I was well within my safe BMI weight range, but I didn't have any muscle on my body. And you can't be an athlete if you don't have muscle on your body. It's just a, that's a requirement of being an athlete, especially you know if you're a soccer player or a football player. If you don't have muscle, you're not going to make it as mm. a, an athlete in those sports. So as I grew, um, no muscle grew, and it became harder and harder to keep the fat weight off. Uh, and yet every time I'd go and see the doctor again, because I was so active when I was younger, they would say, oh, you're well within your safety in my weight range. Don't worry about it. You're totally normal. Uh, and I wasn't, I didn't feel normal. I, I not having muscle is a big deal. It's a huge problem. And even as I sit here now, if you go and see your doctor, uh, they're only, they are judging you by the three standards, which are the body type one that you find in any scientific anatomy book the BMI and the BMR. And if you meet all those standards, really to meet the body type one standard, you have to be within your safe BMI because none of these standards account for skinny fat. Um, so I'll sort of uh, pause here and see if I'm making any sense. And I'm happy to talk further about all the things I just mentioned. No, no, no. Thank you so much. And, uh, and so just to clarify for what this is, BMI is body mass index. I'm assuming that's, that's referring. And BMR is body mass... <laughs> The R is? That's correct. And then um, BMR is basal metabolic rate, and that's the number of calories, the base number of calories daily that your body requires to function. Got it. All right. Thank you. Just because just we might, I mean, a lot of us actually see that, you know, probably we, we would not, I mean, again, I'm not judging people. Some people have more knowledge than others in some, some of these areas, but just for our just typical or regular, you know, folk that, that may not know those technical acronyms, just wanted to clarify that. But, but you, you're, you're talking about something interesting. You're a kid, you're active, you're running, uh, every single form, you know, that, that's actually the typical, you know, uh, nice and, and 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 fit or trim you know person right you know you run every day that's what you expect but but the the one concept here that you've mentioned that is unique is that where is the muscle so you you expect that muscle is going to be there and it's going to just eventually build up on its own and you know as you do this exercise and you get fitter the muscle will take place you know and grow equally but that's not the case you just you know you talked about fat but no muscle now can we can you, in your world, you know, describe to us what is that relationship between the muscle and the fat? Because, you know, most of us would think, well, muscle you build and the fat, we know what it is, comes from food and everything else, which we can talk about that today as, as a myth and we can discuss more there. But the just correlation, like, because you don't have the, the mass or the muscle, then the fat has, you know, a little bit of abundance, right? So let's talk about how that works. 
All right. So according to mainstream science and medical doctors, every human being is born into the standard scientific human body anatomy book, Body Type 1. And that's the image that if you go to any scientifically approved human body anatomy book, that's the image that you see in that book. It's the image with all the muscle and muscle mass fully de 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 developed. And that's, you know, from day one, all of us have the uh, default muscle mass relative to that standard body type one. And of course, as you grow, more muscle grows. But even when I was eight, many of my peers looked just like the standard body type one. They had all the muscle and muscle mass, even though they were eight and smaller and you know, it wasn't fully built out yet, they still looked like a body type one. I did not look like a body type one at all. And it made me an easy target for bullies because I didn't have the muscle and muscle mass and therefore I was weaker and I was easy to bully. So when we're talking about muscle and muscle mass, it's very important that folks understand that you know, it is genetic and we're talking about default muscle mass that every human being, according to mainstream science and medical doctors, are born into a body type one, which simply isn't true. Not every human being is born into a body type one. So what's important to note here is, is you hear so many people nowadays talking about, well, if you're, if you're lacking muscle and muscle mass, then just go to the gym and lift weights and just add it. That's not how it works. It's not. And you can definitely go to the gym and you can add muscle and muscle mass. But if you're lacking muscle on your body where you should have muscle and muscle mass because of your genetics, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to add muscle or muscle mass where you have skinny fat. So the body type one is the first body type standard. When you go and see your doctor, that is the standard that you and every human being are being held to is the body type one it is the only body type that mainstream science and medical doctors recognize right now is the body type one because again it's that same image that you see in the standard um, uh, human body anatomy book mm -hmm. and, and crack open any anatomy book that is scientifically approved and you'll see that image and that is the image that you and every single human being is being judged by. But the fact of the matter is, is not all of us are born in the body type one. Not all of us have the genetics to be a body type one. Yet that's the standard that every single one of us is being held to. As I sit here now, you know, 40 years later, right? And I, so I have been gaslighted my entire life about you know, not having the muscle and muscle mass that I should. Because again, the body type one is the standard. We're all body type one according to mainstream science and medical doctors. And so long as you're within your safe body mass index, your safe BMI, you are a body type one. And there's no discussion about that. Again, go and see your doctor and ask them when you're doing your annual checkup, you know, hey, doc, uh, am I normal in terms of my safe BMI? If they say yes, then show them the skinny fat on your body if you're someone like me. Ask them why do I have skinny fat on my body where I should have muscle and muscle mass. And likely they will tell you, well, just go to the gym and work out and lift weights. And then your next question is, is why should I have to do that? According to you, according to mainstream science and medical doctors, every human being, myself included, is born in a body type one. And when I am within my safe BMI weight range, I am already a body type one with all the muscle and muscle mass fully developed. So why should I have to go to the gym and, and lift weights? And there are plenty of people in the world who don't ever have to go to the gym and lift weights because they are truly a body type one. They already have all the muscle and muscle mass fully developed. 
They don't have to go and, and lift weights. Yet there are many people like me who I, all I've done is gone to the gym. I'm, I'm now 48, and I have spent years in the gym, years upon years upon years. And I have never, ever, not one time ever looked like a body type one. I've been able to put on muscle and muscle mass on specific areas of my body, some more than others, especially if I, what, what little muscle that I had on my body from day one, my default muscle, I had a tendency to add muscle there more readily than places where I have skinny fat, but I've never looked like a body type one and going to, to the gym and lifting weights adamantly, diligently, following a very careful diet, et cetera, never, ever, ever even brought me close to being a body type. So muscle mass, muscle and muscle mass and fat go hand in hand with genetics and skinny fat. If you're someone like me who has skinny fat on your body, where you should have muscle and muscle mass, you are highly prone to putting on fat in those areas. It makes it harder to keep the fat weight off. It makes it harder to not become overweight or obese. And that's just a genetic fact that right now mainstream scientists and medical doctors are completely ignoring they don't want to talk about it they don't want to hear about it even though we know it's a fact that the obesity epidemic is getting worse day by day it's only getting worse billions of dollars are spent every year on research to figure out why they don't know why and yet here we are at fellow one research and we have the answers we know why we know that skinny fat is genetic and we know that <clears throat> going into the gym and lifting weights does not get rid of skinny fat. There's no FDA approved method to get rid of skinny fat, whether it's, uh, and so in terms of skinny fat, the definition is cellulite, thin fat, loose skin, saggy skin, crepey skin, and normal weight obesity. There is no FDA approved means to get rid of those. So again, when you go in and see your, your doctor and, and they tell you, you're totally normal, you're within your safe BMI, and then I say, hey, well, why do I have all this skinny fat all over my body? As I sit here now, like I have been for the last 40 plus years, I get gaslighted and said, oh, don't worry about it. Or, oh, it must be something that you're doing. You're cheating on your diet, exercise, or, or lifestyle. And they just won't hear, la, 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 la. They just won't hear that it's ge genetics and that there are different body types. And there's a scientific reason why there are body types. Yada, yada. So I'll sort of pause here and see if I'm making any sense. Oh, thank you, Mark. And you hit a lot of items that I'd like to dissect a little bit. So first, first things first, I mean, the key word genetics, uh, everything is based on genetics. I mean, that is the, the, the blueprint of human, you know, and all creation. I mean, word creation here, you know, being in the scientific mode, not the religious aspect. So just to keep it that way. All right. So, so just, just not to confuse people, we're not talking about, you know, although we can debate that discussion later, but, but really for, for physical anatomy purposes, you know, we are made of DNA and DNA is actually what contributes to everything that attributes to our look, feel, size, all the whole nine. It's right. prone to your chromosomes coming from your parents. So that just standard for, you know, just basic anatomy that all of us would probably remember from elementary basics. And some of us expanded on that, you know, in our career paths or school or even through the media and stuff. But, so, and now we know about the genome, we know about all the advances, you know, that have been happening in the genetic world, but, you know, and I, I wanna touch that with you later uh, in the discussion. So, so that is a big component. And to your point, until recently, most of the people, at least the discussion was not about that until 
maybe a couple of decades ago where genetics have become more of a topic of the discussion and understanding that this is what controls some of everything we do and how we do it, whether it's your size, your stamina, your metabolism, this, that, the other, even diseases and illnesses that you may be prone to, right? So that's something that's been discussed more recently. And, and I guess that research is going to keep going. But, but that's one part. But then you, and by the way, thank you for defining the skinny fat, you know, concept, because when I hear skinny fat, I'm, you know, it's like almost a contradiction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When you think about it, right? You think about skinny fat, like, you know, well, that's not obese, it's not fat, but, but it all ties into the same based on the definition. They're all pretty much in one bucket. And Am I getting that right? And so that is mostly right, albeit normal weight obesity is a type of skinny fat. And it's it, the, so the definition of obesity is having too much fat on your body. It's not being overweight. And, and it's one reason why the BMI is not accurate because there are people like um, Dwayne Johnson, who is all muscle. That dude's all muscle. He's got more muscle on his body than you know, the standard body type one, but he's still a body type one. And yet if you were to run his BMI, he would likely fall into the overweight or obese columns of his BMI. But that dude is most likely, he's most obviously, excuse me, not obese or overweight. So obesity is defined as having too much fat on your body. Normal weight obesity is defined as being within your safe BMI, yet somehow magically, right, you still have too much fat on your body, which again is something that is an oxymoron. Right. Skinny fat is like the ultimate oxymoron, right? But that's what normal weight obesity is. Is you're well within your safe, or you just you're you are within your safe BMI, yet you have too much fat on your body somehow. When mainstream science and medical doctors said you're a body type one when you're within your safe BMI, so is that making sense? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And and. <laughs> Dwayne, obviously, you know, Johnson is, is, you know, we all love him. I mean, the dude is, is you know, the rock is the man, you know, <laughs> you know, thumbs up to him. We love him. And, and you know, uh, you're right. He puts a lot of work and we see it. I mean, that's that's his thing. And and to your point, again, unless he comes out and tells us, like, this was my BMI and I was told otherwise, you know, maybe we can have <laughs> a message to him from here. But the fact of the matter is, to your point, it's just to the Like, I'll give you an like Again, Dwayne Johnson is, is a clearly uh, massive of great muscle. I mean, at least you can see it defined, right? Body mass, you know, body type one. But, but many people, like, again, I just mentioned in my own example where my doctor is like, you're like 30 pounds over, <laughs> you know, 40 pounds over. I don't see the fat the way that's a, but when you see that you're obese, that's a problem, right? You know, yeah. and it drives you nuts. Like, you know, well, I'm not able to lose this, you know, and my age is not helping. My metabolism is not kicking as it used to be. And all of the above, like metabolism is a key element. As you age, your body is not going to function the same way, no matter how you do it. Some people have a faster metabolism than others. And you said it like, uh, you know, you were a, a slow bloomer early on, but, but some people are fast, some people are slow. It doesn't matter. There's different conditions and reasons why that happens. But there are standard, you know, uh, things that, that happen to all of us, right? That your age, there's a process. And as you kind of, your body is slowing down for a lot of things and your intake is also important what you take and stuff. But, you know, we can talk about diet also briefly. But I wanted to go back to one element you stated about you spend a lot of time at the gym just so you can 
almost catch up or at least just to maintain, you know, the buildup. Is that, is that what the, the purpose of that was? Yeah. And because, so in terms of your metabolism, muscle plays a direct key role in metabolism. So mm -hmm. science recognizes that one pound of muscle burns six calories daily, but one pound of skinny fat and fat only burns two to three calories daily. So if you're missing muscle mass where you should have muscle mass and in place of it is skinny fat, you're burning less calories daily just relative to your standard BMR. And none of these calculations, the body type one, the BMI, the BMR, none of them take into account skinny fat. So if you are following your BMI and you're following your BMR as calculated by the standard, uh, which is the uh, Mifflin St. Dior and the Harris Bandit activity BMRs, you're likely still eating too many calories daily if you have skinny fat where you should have muscle. And the more fat that you have on your body, again, the less calories that, that you burn, yada, yada. So this is the problem with these three body type standards. And that's what we're, we're not knocking the fact that we have these, these three body type standards, the body type one, the BMI and the BMR. We're knocking the fact that they are inaccurate and no one wants to hear otherwise. Our research here at Fellow One Research is to strengthen those standards so that we can better understand and calculate them so that they are more accurate for every individual person relative to your specific genetics and body type. So if you are a body type two, three, or four, I was born in a body type four, right? Then at least my calculations, my BMI, my, excuse me, my, my body type one, my, my BMI and my BMR are correctly calculated so that I'm not following the body type one BMR and eating too many calories daily and wondering why I'm still putting on weight and becoming overweight or obese. And as you age, it is a fact that as you get up over the age of 40, you begin losing you know, a bit of muscle every year. And again, the less muscle that, that you have, the less calories that you burn, the more that it negatively affects your metabolism, yada, yada. So, People need to understand the importance of muscle. And it's not just your metabolism. As I mentioned earlier, if you want to be an athlete, a true athlete, if you want you know, a, a pro NFL player or a, you know, a star soccer player or whatever, you've, you've got to have muscle on your body. And it's got to be evenly built across your body like it is on a body type one. And you can see this, especially with soccer players. Go out and find any professional soccer player. Like it is less than 1% of pro soccer players who are a body type two. All the rest are body type ones. You see more who are in the NFL because you can have offensive linemen or defensive linemen who are, who are body type twos. But all the athlete positions, excuse me, are a, are a body type one, yada, yada. So muscle is not just vital to your metabolism. It is vital to, you know, being an athlete. It's the armor of the human body. It helps you hold the energy, yada, yada, yada. So am I making any sense here? Yes, Mark. Yes. And, and actually, um, I wanted to uh, thank you for, for breaking it down. I mean, to your point, I mean, the muscles, you know, function is important. And to your point, the lack of it will obviously have some sort of an impact on how you will, I guess, your body is going to, you know, uh, 
compose itself with, with fat or no fat or lesser or higher you know, level, but also you mentioned very clearly at the age of 40, that's a, it's a very, I know that for a fact, because I've, I've crossed that line <laughs> a decade ago, so I, I know exactly how I felt, like everything just like happens after that date, and it's not the same, you can double up the workout, and maybe you get some results, and it's like you almost have to triple, double to keep the same, and, and that's at every stage, right? you hit the 50s, and that's another stage. You're not there yet, so you know I, I don't want to warn you, but just just beware. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, there is. I mean, obviously, you got to keep you know healthy and, and all the other stuff that we need to do in general. But that's not going to change to your point of genetics and what you are really in terms of your body dynamics, right? And that's something. But just before we go there, I know you you've covered the, the reason behind you went into this research. Um, you know, now now the technical part of it. How did you actually, you know, come up with, you know, this, I mean, it, it was personal to you, but then you took it to the next level. Because uh, some people say, well, what is the background? I mean, are you are a physician, are you are this or the other? Because you know how that goes. That debate's always there. Like, well, who are you as an organization? So if you don't mind, just give us some of that juice to just to highlight on fellow one. So when I graduated college, I took a job at CU Boulder uh, doing scientific research. And I wasn't there long because I realized rather quickly that I wanted to do my own research. Um, and it was very personal to me because I was dealing with all this. But when I was at CU, I had really good health insurance and I was just sick and tired of all of the negative health effects I was feeling from my body. And I was eating a super healthy diet. I, was, uh, I had switched to an uh, all organic diet and I had tried every diet from vegan to vegetarian to omnivore to carnivore. I tried them all and nothing worked. So I finally said, you know what? I, I, I've got to go down and figure out what this is about. Science should be able to run all the tests and figure out what's wrong with you. So I went down and saw my doctors and they sent me to a bunch of specialists and they poked and prodded me. And by the time I was done with all this, they came back and said, you're totally normal. Don't worry about it. And they gave me some tagaments for my heartburn and didn't address the depression or aches and pains or any of the other stuff that, 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 that I was dealing with and just sent me home with this uh, acid reflux drug and said, you're totally normal. And at that point I said, no more, I've had enough. No one's listening. They don't understand. I, I experience this every day of my life, all of the aches and pains, the severe soul crushing depression, the heartburn, the indigestion, just all of it was just awful. And I was being told, no, you're totally normal. You aren't experiencing that. It's all in your head. And it wasn't. And so that was when I said, I'm done with mainstream science and medical doctors for the time. There's an answer to this. No one's listening. I'm not the only person who is experiencing this because I had, you know, on my journey from high school to college into my uh, uh, adult years, I had met countless people who were experiencing similar things. And that's when I said, uh, the only way that I'm going to figure this out is to start my own research. And so I opened up Fellow One Research and uh, that's, that's really how things started. So, and, I, and I've been doing this now for you know, nearly 25 years. Um, and it was a very personal thing. Uh, and what I had figured out along the way was that none of the current, the, the accepted Biotype standards like the endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, all that was total nonsense. It is total nonsense. It was debunked long ago. It's not based on any science whatsoever. None. Zero. 
It is arbitrary, subjective shapes that are total nonsense. And it's no different with the hormone biotypes or the kibbe biotypes or the triangle biotypes or the tin biotypes or any other biotypes out there that I looked at. Because again, when, when you're dealing with this, you will look and try and find what the answer is. And none of those held the answer because there was no science behind any of them. There was no logic or reason behind any of them. They were just nonsense, arbitrary, subjective shapes, which once I was done looking at those, once I was done trying every diet, and every exercise, when I was in college, I mimicked some of my friends. I would go down to the gym. They were all by type ones. And I would follow their gym routine. I'd follow their diet. I ate their supplements. And I, I was down there every day with them doing it. And as they got more ripped and they added more muscle, I went from having a sparrow chest to having a raven's chest, just a larger bird chest. Very little change for for me. And when I would ask you know, them or my doctor or my parents, what's going on? Nobody had any answers. So what I'm getting at is that I was left with no other choice than to, to, to start this research because there were no answers. There was no science that answered any of this. Even now, when I go and see a doctor, what they say to me is, no, you're totally within your safe BMI weight range. You're totally fine. And I can show them the skinny fat on my body still. And there's a lot less. I've done a lot of hard work over the last 25 years to reduce the amount of skinny fat on my body. Uh, and I, and I, I've done that through uh, proprietary experimental exercises that we are working on here, which I, I'm okay with maybe talking about later. But what I want to focus on is your body is genetic, that there that you, you need to accept your body for what it is. You need to figure out what the best diet, exercise, and lifestyle is for your specific body so that you can be as healthy as possible relative to your genetic body type. And that's our main focus right now because, as you probably know, up on social media, all we have is folks who are filtering and Photoshopping images. And if they were lucky enough to be born in a body type one, good for them. But they're pushing all this nonsense about everyone can be just like me when no, no, I cannot be just like you. If you're a bi type one, being a bi type four, I've worked very hard to work my way towards a bi type two, but I will, I, I could never be a bi type one just by following these nonsense regimens of, you know, these crazy fad diets and exercise, yada, yada, that you see up on social media or the media in general. So I'll sort of pause here and see what questions you might have. No, thank, thank, thank you so much. I mean, you bring some, some heavy, uh, uh, elements in the discussion. And and first of all, I appreciate that you're just sharing the context of how it all started for you, the research. And, and by the way, uh, kudos to you, because to your point, uh, sometimes that is actually the history, right, of a lot of invention. When things are not there, someone takes the opportunity and becomes the researcher. And eventually there is a whole new, you know, world, uh, you know, out there that, that follows, whether it's from, from you know, Early medicine, you know, you know, uh, Eastern medicine to many other discoveries in a lot of areas, you know, people just such as yourself, just it's not happening. Let me do it. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to even compare this, but similar, like I used to think there is no health channel. So I did this, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to bring this almost same concept. Like you, you think there's a lack of something and, you know, no one is, you don't figure out that someone is doing, you know, what's the best deal. Let me just get started with it. And it takes you to the next level. And you, 25 years later, and you're doing this, and I'm, I'm sure you've impacted a lot of lives uh, just through the research, and you know, and you're doing more work, you know, sharing this value with with your audiences all, all the world here. 
uh, worldwide. And but you 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 talked about something very very powerful. I think that that is we we need to take a minute just to highlight it, which is yes. We don't look the same. We don't have to look exactly like a particular picture that is being designed for us. The marketing uh, power is is there, and we know it sells. Uh, you know, for models, and this this debate's been going for a minute. I mean, talking about female models, like I mean, there was a specific shape. Even guys, there's a specific shape that you have to have a six pack. Blah 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 blah, and everybody's done. But the the fact is, not everybody can maintain that. And even if you did, it's temporary, and it's not going to stick with you. All you do is. Off, off on your diet for a couple of months and the whole flop is there and it's not one, it's one flap, you know, as opposed to six halves, you know, even for a man, right? It doesn't matter for women, same thing. You know, I, my, my wife and I, we do have a fitness brand and, you know, that's one thing, you know, sometimes, and we, we joke about it, some people look, well, if you don't look chiseled, you know, you're not a good instructor. You're not going to get us the result. This is not about being chiseled. Not everybody's body, you know, metabolism, you know, is the same. So therefore, what what you need to be is within to your point a norm. You don't have to have. You have to be cardio well and all the other stuff, and you maintain. You know, and that's in shape, not necessarily having a, a cut body and everything and zero ounces of fat. I mean, it is very difficult to have, and and I, I love that because I had a show with with a guest and I enjoyed her show before because it was discussion like you know, feel good in your body. And work towards better body as you do, but but don't have to be you know almost you know pushed into this you know uh, type of body that that you probably would never fit in. I mean, it's like having a, a, you know a size thirty uh, you know in, in pants, and you're like you're in the forty, and you want to fit in. And good luck with that. I mean, it's going to take you years, if any, to get back in. It's not it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So so so. And, and if it does, it's going to be the exception of the exception. So it's not like something that you want to dive, you know, and drive yourself, you know, crazy. You just got to maintain where you are healthy, to your point. Your body is good. Your cardio is good. Your blood and stuff, everything is working. And, and that is important for people because at the end of the day, to use to, to your point, between the filters, between, you know, everybody's trying to sell the model fit, you know, concept. And everybody's like, oh, this is how it's supposed to look. You know, somebody is going in and they rip. Yeah, well, you know, you're ripped this lot. Like you mentioned the NFL guys. Those guys are big and they'll take you down. I don't care how much. <laughs> they'll take you down and drop you, right? So it's not always about the muscle. There's, And that's the other thing. Everybody has some level of muscle to a degree, right? So the question is how much of it and you can build up the muscle. But at the end of the day, you know, the body has certain anatomy pieces to it. And you're right. There's not one size fits all here. There's different types. And, and you did a great job. You said you went from four to two. And, and that's over the years with all your work and things like that. And that is something commendable because people today could be in that same position. Some people actually are the reverse. They're just getting the weight. And you mentioned something very easy earlier that the society today, there's a lot of obesity trends. Uh, and, and there's factors to that. I mean, the, the food and stuff, and maybe some of that is impacting our genetics too. But the fact of the matter, it is you know, obviously you have to stay away from the factors that they're just going to, if you're easily, it's like diabetes, right? If you're, you know, you're diabetic or you're prone to diabetes, you're not going to keep, you know, eating a lot of sugar and and, and just take all the the bad things that can escalate or speed up the process for you to get the diabetes type one or two, you know, same concept. If you know that you don't have type one or two and you're at this level, you cannot take some of the non-healthy stuff that you're you know that that's available and just kind of build on it because it's going to what's going to happen is going to speed up the process where you're going to wind up in that situation that's going to be hard to come back from so again i just wanted to to really highlight that part because that's important for people to listen you are as good as you are in the body that you are and if it if it is 
medically not fit or whatever the case may be, and you need to work on it, you work on it. But you don't have to be doing it just because you want to, you know, conform to what society is stating to be. I think that that's the message here, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Mark? That is. And, and it's why we came up with the four body type definition so that folks could scientifically understand why, why is my body type different than this unfair standard that's always being pushed in the media and advertising up on social media, which is the body type one. And we know that it's the body type one because you know, it, it, go up on social media and when you see, you know, if it's a Kim Kardashian filtering her images uh, or whoever else is filtering it, they aren't filtering it to look like a body type two, three, or four. They're filtering it to look like a body type one because that's the standard that all of us are being pushed to actually meet because that's the current scientific standard, the only body type standard, but it's not the only standard. It's why we're doing the, the, the actual research here. So we came up with the four body type standards. The, the body type one is just the body type one. It means that you have all muscle and muscle mass fully developed relative to the 26 vertebrae in your back. And we chose the vertebrae in the back because that's how the body is structured. It's the scaffolding of the body relative to the, to the bones, to the spine, yada, yada. And all of it originates with the vertebrae in the back. So we know that we have uh, what, seven cervical, 12 thoracic, five lumbar, one sacrum, and one coccyx. And we broke that down into the four body types. So again, a body type one means that you have all the vertebrae and muscle and muscle mass relative to those vertebrae are fully developed. And it's possible that you can be a bi type one. Uh, and, and we have this on a scale of one to 10. If you're a nine or a 10 in terms of muscle mass development, and you have all the vertebrae fully developed, then you're a bi type one. But it is possible to be a bi type one and have a little bit of underdeveloped muscle or muscle mass but you can still be a bi-type one. At bi-type two, you would be eight, excuse me, one to eight vertebrae are underdeveloped to some degree. And that means that, you know, on that scale of one to 10, you would be an eight or less for one to eight vertebrae. A bi-type three is nine to 17 vertebrae are underdeveloped and a bi-type four, which is what I was born in, is 18 to 26 vertebrae underdeveloped. So it's important that we have definitions to understand things because that's truly how we understand things. So if you're someone like me who is who was born in a, in a body type four, yet you're being held to the body type one standard in every way, not just relative to the, to the BMI or the BMR, but uh, I had to quit soccer, which I loved playing because I didn't have any muscle in my body. Yet, according to my parents and the doctors, I was just lazy. I'm just, I'm just not working hard enough. I am being held to a standard I can never possibly ever meet because it's my genetics and obesity is common in our family. No one disputes this. It is a common genetic factor in our family, yet somehow magically, because I was really good at soccer when I was eight, it didn't apply to me that, that obesity was common in our family. I simply wasn't excelling at soccer by the time I was 13 or 14 or 15 because I wasn't working hard enough. And that's all that anyone would hear. So being gaslighted my entire life, just like so many people out there in the world, if you're up on social media and 
you see these images of a bi type one uh, and, and folks are saying the only reason that you don't look like a bi type one is because you're eating too many calories daily because you're cheating on your diet exercise or lifestyle as soon as you stop doing that and you get within your safe bmi you'll be a bi type one all you have is folks you know whether they are up on social media whether they've taken our scientific bi type quiz up on our site we have nearly 500 scientific bi type quizzes now and all we have is folks who say i was never a bi type one my entire life, it doesn't matter how hard I work my diet, exercise, or lifestyle. When I get within my safe BMI weight range, I've never looked like a bi type one. I've always had skinny fat on my body. And if you're a bi type three or four, like me at four, now I had skinny fat all over my body. Yet it was my fault. I was not a bi type one because somehow I was cheating on my diet, exercise, or lifestyle, even though I was within my safe BMI weight range. And that's all that anyone would hear. So, I'm not the only person who's tired of being gaslighted. There is a world full of people who are being gaslighted about not being a bi type one and somehow magically it's their fault. It's my fault. When I followed all your rules, I got within the safe BMI weight range. I've eaten a healthy diet. I followed a healthy exercise regimen. I followed a healthy lifestyle regimen. And yet I've never looked like a bi type one. So what we want here at Fellow One Research is one to strengthen those bi type standards. The bi type one, about the, the BMI and the BMR need to all calculate in skinny fat. We want to make it clear to people that the bi type one is not the only bi type out there. So we can stop these unfair standards, which have led to the mental health crisis in young people who are following these crazy fad diets, these phasey ex, you know, fad um, exercise routines, yada, yada, that they will never be able to actually do. Many of them are unhealthy anyways, but they will never be a body type one relative to their genetic body type. And we need to understand this and accept it so that we can get the average person back to a state of health in general. So am I making any sense here? Oh, Mark, you do you make a lot of sense. And, and, and I commend you for the work you do on being a voice to share, you know, in, in the reality of things to the world, because to your point, you know, I'm going to make a joke, but it is true. And I think, I think, you know, you go to the beach, you know, you go on a cruise, you go to the pool, you know, you're not seeing a lot of the body type, one, <laughs> you know, which, which, which is basically, and people are comfortable in their skin and that's the beauty of it. But the fact is, the movies show like a certain look that you're going to look at the beach, uh, you know, but that's not the reality when you go to the beach. Like, where are they? They're not there. Or some of them may be, you know, still in their best, you know, shape, whatever. But the fact that that's not your, 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 your 99%, that's actually your 10% or less, uh, even 1%. So, so just, just for the audiences, feel good, whatever you are, to your point, you got to do your work, you got to do your, you know, do diligence with your health in terms of, you know, exercising, eating and stuff. But to your point, like, no matter how you played, you know, this, the, if it is in your family and, and obesity is something that is genetically inherited, there's not much you can do about that. Just like having hormones, like, you know, imbalances, right? If you have thyroid, hyper, hypo, you know, uh, if you have hypo, it's a problem, right? If you have hyper, it's a problem. You're either going to you know, lose so much mass or you're going to gain so much weight at the same time. And there's... You can balance it with meds, with exercise, with the proper diet. Those are just the tools that you use to just condition and maintain. But if you just drop one or the other, and, you, and, and I, I, I love what you said about people literally killing themselves, whether in terms of exercise or diets, just to fit you know, a certain look. 
you know, and, and, and on the flip side, some of that, look, sometimes people go so extreme that they lose so much weight and stuff, which is not healthy, again, on the flip side. So you go from one and the other, and how long would you be able to maintain that? I mean, we're talking decades of life here. You know, people only look at that transitional time where they are, and everybody's peer pressure, whatever, at school, or pushing, oh, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed yeah, but... You know, there's going to be a year or two years from now, you're not going to be here, and I'm going to be the one to have to deal with all the ramifications of what I did to my body. And especially when you go drastically changing it from one end to the other and, and just kind of like almost like, you know, taking a body, you know, like you take an element, anything, cold heat, cold heat. I mean, that stuff will eventually crack up, right? <laughs> you know, that's what you're doing here. You go one extent to the extent, you drop food, you drop this long-time diets or like not, not eating or just restricting. And you said it, you tried all of them. <laughs> But if you don't understand the genetic piece of this game, you know, first of all, if we don't understand genetics, there's a good chance we don't understand human beings. I mean, or, you know, because everything, your eyesight, your, your, your disease level, you know, or illnesses, you know, what you're prone to can be also, you know, uh, discovered through the genetics. And some doctors got getting into that point. I mean, I, I, I happen to be lucky. My, my provider, my doctor uh, was a good friend. He actually goes to the genetic level and he reviews a little bit of that. So he gives you a projection of where you are in terms of 10 years. But he uses some new stuff, you know, new studies and things. But to your point, the, ma the majority of the massive word out there is not really up to that genetic level where they actually they see you. They don't use just the BMI, BMR, and those standards. They, they go beyond that. But not all of them are doing it. So that leads me to uh, the question. I know what your purpose for, for fellow one uh, research. Now, um, you said there's quizzes that you actually have on the site where people can go in and really, you know, answer questions and hopefully they get an idea like where they really fit and they stand. Is that, is that all I'm getting from the quizzes? That's right. So we have the scientific biotype quiz, uh, which will, uh, it looks at the genetics, your vertebrae, your under developed if you have any um, muscle and muscle mass relative to the to the vertebrae we calculate the latest science-based diet exercise and lifestyle scores we've gone out and pulled all the latest science and built our own algorithms um, so that we can calculate you know are you eating a healthy diet exercise and lifestyle yada yada and we'll break it all down for you on your profile page we don't require any images, excuse me, any face in your images so that you can maintain your privacy. You can use a pen name so you can maintain your, your um, privacy. And we are working on funding to upgrade all of this so that, you know, so that we can make it more user-friendly. So that's the scientific biotype quiz. We, and we also have the scientific weight loss diary, which we're not in competition with things like, you know, the Apple Health app or uh, Calorie King or MyFitnessPal, all those work symbiotically with our scientific weight loss program. And the idea is, is that you scientifically track your diet, exercise, and lifestyle data so that you can you know, see your actual progress. You can see your actual images change over time. You can share your profile with your uh, doctor or fitness trainer or dietitian and family and friends. They can all join the conversation for free, yada, yada. So that, you know, you're actually tracking the scientific data and it's not just this willy nilly, you know, uh, haphazard way of, you know, I'm going to lose weight, but I don't know, I'm just going to follow this crazy diet or this, you know, whatever. It's a scientific way to understand and hold yourself accountable. All that being said, I do want to clarify a, a few things. One, um, thanks to our scientific weight loss 
excuse me, our, our scientific biotype quiz, we, our current research data shows that roughly 30% of the population are biotype one. And that may change over time as we get more data. Uh, but then a, a biotype two sits around 45%, biotype three sits around, I want to say 18%, and a biotype four sits around 7%. So we, we have a general understanding of the breakdown of the biotypes right now. And again, as more data rolls in, as the years pass, that will likely change. But it's important that folks do understand, as you were saying earlier, right, you know, it's a, a relative minority of the population is a biotype one. And we've got to stop holding everyone to this standard that's leading to just so much unhealth globally. The other thing that I'd like to say is, is uh, on one hand, we support the body positive movement because genetics are what they are. And we need to accept our body for what it is. On, on the other hand, obesity is a disease. And that is a fact. And it's not acceptable to you know, make obesity normal. It's just not. It, it, it would be like saying, we're going to make cancer normal because it's so common. Let's just make it normal. That's not how things work. We've got to understand that you know, as a biotype four, I always worked very hard to be within my safe BMI weight range, even though in all honesty, there was a time in my life when I reached nearly 300 pounds. I was pushing 270 plus uh, with the times that I actually weighed myself because when you get up at that weight, your scale won't handle it. So I had to go down to the laundry mat and get on the skip, and which is embarrassing. But what I'm getting at is when I was that weight, when I was pushing 300 pounds, I felt the best I ever felt in my entire life. And I really didn't want to lose that weight because I felt so good. All the issues that I had from depression to heartburn to digestive issues to the aches and pains, all of it went away. And I felt great, but I hated how I looked, hated it. And I knew that, you know, being that obese was not healthy and I didn't stay there. I lost the weight because it was during the time where I was doing all this research and figuring it all out. And I came back down into my safe BMI and all the same you know, health issues came back and I did, but I knew that being obese wasn't the answer either. So we are, what we're trying to do here with the bi type standards is figure out what is healthy. Uh, now it, can I be a bi type three and actually be in the overweight or obese columns of my BMI and still be healthy? Is that possible? Well, we know that the obesity paradox is true for older people, especially folks who are you know, over 65, who you know, if you are obese and over 65, it's actually healthier for you to maintain your weight, even if you are obese and to lose that weight. Uh, and we don't fully understand why, but the research here at Fellow and Research is showing that uh, a lot of it has to actually do with just being able to hold the energy day in and day out, being able to feel comfortable in your body. So we have a long way to go, and there's a lot of research that has to be done here. Uh, but please, let's be careful and let's not normalize the disease of obesity. We need to figure out what are the actual healthy standards for each body type. The first thing that we have to actually do, though, is get science and medical doctors to recognize the fact that there are four different body types and they are, they are scientifically based. And once we can understand those, how do we define health relative to those four body types? So that's our 
ultimate goal. And the way that we're doing that is with the scientific biotype quiz, scientific weight loss diary, which again, you can access up on the fellow one research, uh, excuse me, the fellow one um, website, the fellow one.com website, excuse me. Thank thank you, Mark. And, and so just, just uh, uh, one, one, you know, question that comes to mind now, now that's the research you do. And the objective ultimately is to have it ready where people can, can start using those metrics or at least, you know, incorporate those into the standard, you know, uh, review. When you go to a doctor, they use more than just the basics. They'll have an additional set of data that can, if you don't fit in here, then this is where we need you to be. And this is now accurate. And we have this demonstrated over a few, you know, years of research, just like everything else. Over the years, it becomes the standard operating, you know, system, you know, and uh, it gets standardized until the next research comes on. So I think that if I'm not, you know, mistaken, that's really the core here that we'd like to establish. So yeah. thank you. So I got it. <laughs> That's good. Well, well, again, and I, and I appreciate it because, you know, to your point, you there is definitely, this is not something that is a question of it doesn't exist. It is here. It is not going anywhere. And unless somebody tackles it and we have it incorporated in the, the general, in general preventative medicine and all that stuff, it's going to be, a, you know, a difficult task. And then people will be marginalized often more than they are. And to your point, they'll, they'll drive themselves nuts to figure it out, to try to get better. You know what I mean? And sometimes that is a problem. So, yeah. so, so, so that was, that was just, I just want to clarify that. Now, now, do you work, do you have any partnership with, with doctors and stuff that actually uh, maybe uh, using some of this research currently just as, as a test run? You know, we are working on that, but it has been very difficult to, to get anyone to hear anything that we say because uh, and we understand it. So doctors are held to this impossible standards themselves. They are expected to know everything about everything, right? And in this world that we live in now, especially here in the in the United States, people want to be able to eat and do whatever they want. And they just want to go to their doctor. And if there's a problem, they want their doctor to fix it so they can go back and continue eating and doing whatever they want without any lifestyle changes whatsoever. And that mentality has got to change. The what that has led to is holding doctors to these impossible standards of, you know, I, I went to my doctor and I expected them to fix my problem and they didn't fix it. It just got worse, yada, yada. And it's like, well, the problem here is, is the average person has got to take more responsibility for their health. You've got to take more responsibility for the things that you're putting into your body day in and day out. Um, and until the average person takes more responsibility, there is this unfair standard standards on, on doctors and the medical uh, personnel and just the healthcare system in general, which makes it very difficult for research like this to break in because doctors have to have these standards that are real standards that are that they can hold to and that aren't questioned because as soon as you start questioning standards, it makes them less accurate and then folks become less uh, trustworthy of doctors, yada, yada. So we are working on breaking in and uh, finding ways to uh, bring this to the, uh, to the medical establishment in general. But we run, uh, we run into serious hurdles and, and headbutting because uh, we already have standards, right? And, and until we here at Fellow One Research can prove otherwise, uh, which now, proving something takes an immense amount of research and data uh, and uh, just work in, in general. And until we can do that, 
no one really wants to hear it because again, uh, doctors, uh, they have to have standards, which is why we're not knocking the fact that they have standards, but it makes it very hard to change a, a doctor's mind in general, because until you have the actual, the full on proving research that shows that what we're talking about is, is, is right, they have to stick to their standards. And those standards, as accurate as they are right now, even now when I go in to see the doctor or you or anyone else, those are the standards. And until we can bring forward enough research, right, then they're not going to actually listen. And the problem with that is, is uh, until you have enough research, it's hard to get funding because folks are like, oh, you're just a bunch of nonsense. So we are working on it. But we need people to understand that you know, it's a very difficult thing to change the current science, to evolve the current science so that it becomes the actual standard. Um, so if you want to help with that, please go to our website, take the scientific biotype quiz, donate. There's a, there is a, a link up on the site where you can donate to help with our research, yada, yada. But we have a very strong base right now. We are working on funding to strengthen the website to strengthen our, our scientific biotype quiz, our scientific weight loss diary. And we're also working on an, an MI, um, excuse me, and a, a machine learning AI app uh, that will uh, you know, help strengthen all of this as well. You can help by going to the website and donating and, and taking part in all of our research. So um, is that making sense? Yeah, well, definitely, Mark. I mean, it just sound, it's funny you said that because, um, Historically, when a new thing is, is on the horizon, uh, the standard, you know, is not to accept it or to react to it. I mean, this is like, you know, well, the Earth is actually, you know, orbiting around the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or the, yeah, so, so it's the same concept. Like, no, you are, you know, charlatan, you know, you're lying. It's, uh, it's magic, blah, blah, blah. You're, who are you? That's the same concept. I mean, that, that, that repeats itself in a lot of things until it becomes them. But what I do recommend is maybe, uh, you know, while maybe the, the doctor world or the, the, the medicine piece is more challenging, you know, for funding purposes, I mean, you might want to reach out to insurance companies who actually are the payers and, and they do want people to actually be healthier. So, <laughs> so maybe right. the, there's a balance there that can help, you know, the research. And also like, by the way, this is not any different from like Eastern medicine or naturopathic, you know, stuff where people are still being or Ayurvedic and all those other, you know, types of, you know, medicine levels that, that are not as, uh, I guess, uh, welcome in the mainstream, you know, concept. But but the fact of the matter, they're still out there, they're doing the work. And maybe that's a partnership that you you potentially can have because those are areas that kind of touch on similar concepts. And this is research that can benefit them as well. So again, they're just a, a suggestion that comes to mind as we're having this discussion. Um, and, and I know there are doctors out there that, that that they do know that maybe there's more a need for more standards and more, you know, uh, they, they can figure it out. I mean, this is not, you know, surprising to them, especially now with the advancement of genetics. Uh, I think there's more people that probably be open to this. But again, the word is here and, and we're spreading the word. And hopefully someone can hear this and say, hey, maybe let me just see what this is all about. And you never know. And that's really what, what it takes you know, to get things done. And again, you're doing the work. That's all that matters. Somebody's going to hear it. Somebody's going to see the value. Somebody will actually you know, assist and, and maybe make, be, become the determining factor and the turning you know, of, of this becoming part of the standardized you know, version of where you see your weight and, and, and your health. So, 
And it's shows like this that really help out. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for talking about this because it really is. I, I know that you had said earlier that you started the show because you felt like, you know, there really is no where to go and get health advice and such. And you're right. Even now up on the internet, uh, you can go and do a search and, and there are solid sites like Healthline or WebMD and such, uh, but they don't always get it right. And there's no way to really talk with anybody on, on any of the sites. And so uh, it's one of the reasons why we're building the website that we have built is because folks can come and they can interact and they can learn about science-based diet, exercise and lifestyle. But it's shows like this that really help spread the word and help people better understand what real health is uh, so that hopefully we can evolve and change and make a life better for everyone uh, and not just, you know, those who have money. Well, Mark, th thank you. And, and by the way, our motto is time to evolve. I mean, we have to evolve from where we are at all times and, and you know, educate, enlighten, inspire, motivate. And you know what? Uh, it is a platform. And yeah, I mean, this is an opinion as well. I mean, it's not an opinion, but when we talk, it's it's our version of things. But there are always people. I mean, the idea is you want to hear the other side, at least to hear it. You don't have to accept it. You you know, sometimes just by hearing about it, like that, that sparks a little bit of a, a question mark and that question mark presents curiosity and curiosity takes, you know, takes care of the rest. And that's all it takes. It just, you know, all it needs is like maybe one person who's like, you know, I heard this. Maybe I'll share with this one. And before you know it, someone's like, oh, my God, this is what I was looking for. You know, it made sense. You never know what's that next move or next show or next, you know, uh, item that's going to make a change in, in somebody's life or other people's life. And, you know, I, I do different shows. Like I have uh, this this great show that we do monthly with Dr. Haim. He's a, a psychiatrist. And the, it's very simple. The doctor puts his time. And every show, we expect to touch one life or two lives. And that's great. If we touch more, that's even better. But the fact is one life at a time, one person at a time. And you never know what that is going to take in the next few years. It's just like, you know, a domino effect that you don't see until you see that whole big, you know, effect in the band. And sometimes you plant the seed and you forget about it and you have a tree when you come back. <laughs> this is the concept here. So thanks, Mark, you know, so much for being with us and, and sharing your valuable insights. And, and thank you for the work you do. I mean, 25 years of doing this, you know, and that's a lot of time that you dedicated for, uh, you know, noble cause because you've been there and you know there are people out there. So that's powerful. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show. And yes, please spread the word. And, you know, if you think that this is something of interest that you can participate in or share with somebody that may be interested, please feel free. Uh, the description of the show, I mean, the, the description uh, of the show will have the actual uh, website link and you can go and do the, the quizzes just for personal, you know, uh, I guess, insights. And uh, maybe, you know, uh, somewhere their business a president of a company, a doctor, somebody out there listening to this, you know, see see it. Talk to Mark, see what he is about, and maybe there's a discussion that can be had, and that's it, right? So uh, that being said, uh, we're basically closing our show today, so we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new guest, new topic. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.